What's up, podcast buddies? Today we're talking to Cash Crawford, who's a Canadian music artist living in Nashville, Tennessee. And she's got some great new music coming out at the end of the month. Make sure you check that out. We'll play a little snip for you in a sec here. But, you know, if you've ever felt nutty over the last two years, or people have treated you like you're a little crazy, or your family's looked at you a little sideways, this is a great conversation for you to hear. It's also fun because, you know, she's Canadian, but living in the States, and her perspective from looking on the outside in, but being familiar with, you know, having been born and raised in Canada, and what are her friends in the States and her community think of what's happening over here? Anyway, it's just a fun conversation. Cash Crawford, she's a badass. She's amazing. She's highly talented. And uh, let's jump right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Cash Crawford. Cash Crawford on JRFM. <laughs> Just jamming out to your new song. Love it. It's fun, right? Love it. Let me turn that off. My ears are all ringing now from blasting that in the studio. <laughs> That's amazing. How are you? Nice to meet you. Hmm. I'm good, thank you. I splash water all over myself. How are yeah. you? It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm good a very you. big fan. Oh, thank you. Yeah, That's I've been awesome. listening to you. I'm from Vancouver. I think you know that, but I've been I've yeah. listened to you on the radio for years and years and years. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you for the support. It'll be fun to talk about your experience of being Canadian, being an artist, now living in, in America, looking back at what's happening in Canada. So yeah. for people who don't know who you are, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your fans will be tuning into this, but for people who are going to be new to you, yeah. can you give us a little brief background on who you are and what you're about? Yeah. So my name is Cash Crawford. Um, I'm originally from a teeny tiny town in British Columbia called Pritchard. And literally there's a, like a, you actually have to drive around now to get to the store, but there used to be just a general store. And if you blink, you'd miss it. And I lived like way up in the mountains up there, but um, lived in Vancouver for a few years, worked in the service industry. Uh, I actually was a, a server at the Roxy for a really long time. Hey. <laughs> um, I got to uh, get up on the stage and do live music with the band, specifically like the country boys all the time, Joey and, and um, then I just kind of decided to commit to it full time and packed my bags, came down to Nashville, was supposed to be here for a month. And that was in 2016. Wow. So, yeah. Great timing. Yeah. So <laughs> I ended up having to go back for uh, COVID because mm -hmm. of my work, like visa restrictions and stuff. I wasn't able to uh, work because like Broadway was dead and Broadway's like as busy as the Vegas strip. So hmm. it was like a ghost town. It was the weirdest thing. So I ended up um, throwing my stuff in storage, packing up, heading back up to Canada. And I was there for almost two years and then just got back here in July last year. So. So you escaped. I did right yeah. before, right before the craziness, my Lord. So, and you've got family still here who are still. Yeah. So it's just me and my little sister that are here in the U S and the rest of our family's all in uh, BC. Are people around, like friends of yours in Nashville, are they even aware of what's happening in Canada or are we kind of in our own oh. bubble? No, um, so I had to, a couple of my good friends, I had to like show them what was going on with the, with the truckers convoy because I was all about it. I was watching it every day and just super enthralled with the whole thing. And, you know, I mean, there was multiple videos that I just started watching and like bawling every morning because you could see people on the uh, overpasses and stuff like that, just cheering mm -hmm. on the, the truckers and of course I'm reposting stuff and I'm getting all kinds of flack from some of my followers and I just at that point stopped caring but it was really um interesting because my whole family 
it thinks very differently than I do. So I'm literally the only one. I'm quite the black sheep in my family. I'm the only musician, um, aside from my sister, her and I, out of all of our family, are the only people that have ever left British Columbia, let alone Canada. Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, it was kind of a whole different experience watching it down here and having nobody know what's going on. And meanwhile, I'm just like furious and excited and super emotional all at the same time. And, you know, well, thank God you have your sister because, uh, your, your family, not understanding what's going on. Like they probably just turn on the CBC or global or CTV or whatever. And they just, that's what, that's their perception of what's happening. I'm assuming. My sister wasn't really following it. She's kind of like, it's just not really her thing. She's not super on into like, I mean, she does her social media stuff as well. Cause she's a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we all have to do, it's a necessary evil force. Unfortunately, sometimes we, you know, have to do the things we don't want to do, but, um, she just wasn't really following it that much. I think it was more like my kind of, it's more like my vibe, my age group, my thought process of people and like my, my tribe of people that, that were really, you know, watching it, like your Dalen, who actually connected me with your wife and, mm. and a couple of my other, her, our mutual friends. And, um, some of my friends from the Okanagan just were like, rack, we're just racking our brains. Like, why, why is this being so weirdly skewed? And like, these guys are made to like, these guys, these are the guys that are bringing in groceries to our grocery stores and you're making them out to be like evil human beings yeah. that no longer want to, I just was like, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's so crazy. Yeah, it, it does take effort to, I guess, go down the rabbit hole and put the pieces together. And, I mean, um, you're right. I think. And I mean, it's well played. I mean, the people that are pulling all this off, they know how we think. You know, they know how we, us Canadians are, and we're just sort of trusting and nice, and we just sort of go with the flow, and we don't like to protest because we don't want to, you know, rattle things up. We just want to work hard and kind of live a. Yeah. Nobody wants to ruffle any feathers, and that's gotten us nowhere in the last two years. You know what I mean? So. I found it quite alarming that my whole family was like, nah, you know, we'll just like, we don't really care. We're fine with, with what we're doing and how we're living. And I was like, guys, I'm literally going crazy. So it was actually really cool for me to see all of that happen because I felt rational all of a sudden and I felt normal. And I felt like I had gone two years, like thinking I was a crazy person. Like I felt like an alien in my own family. And it was really cool to finally be like, okay, there are other people that think that, like that. There are other people that are seeing that something's wrong here. And there are other people that are like, we've had enough, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. feel the same way about the things that I was feeling. And like, I just all of a sudden felt included. And even from another country feeling included, you know, was, was really, it was a really cool thing to watch and be slowly be a part of. So, I know every time I watch these videos and they have the Canadian flag, like they'll be over on the overpass. <laughs> And it's, it's blowing in the wind in slow motion. And that song is like, we will not comply. And, and just and, and, Jimmy yeah. <laughs> so good. and oh you're just God. like, Ooh, you know, how can the, you not watch this and just feel so patriotic? Like my, I just didn't understand. No. I, don't get it. I know. I was like, I, I, I discovered like how emotional I really was yeah. during that a few weeks. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I am way more emotional than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm a sensitive guy with that was like, overboard where sort of like the weight of the last couple of years that's been on your shoulder is suddenly like, like you said, you're like, Oh my God, I'm not crazy. And it finally, like, I mean, I live in the land of patriotism. You know what I mean? Like I'm in the South of the United States of America. So I understand like why everybody's flying flags on their porches and, 
you know, like what the big giant, I mean, we, yes, we have Canadian or Canada day celebrations and stuff like that, but 4th of July is like a huge thing here. And now I understand why, like I got to watch Canadians be so patriotic, you know, through social media, YouTube, all of that kind of stuff. And just feeling those emotions, like you were just talking about being so emotional and so like, I'm just choking up and that that Jimmy Levy song coming on. And like, I finally understand what the big hoopla is here, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're in Nashville. I am. Yeah. Um, you're, you're obviously probably not coming back for any time in the future. I actually, I actually don't think I can because I, you know, didn't. Yeah. Didn't there's, there's certain things. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think, I don't think, I think if I leave, I don't think I can come back. So I'm just like, meh. I mean, if I want winter, I can go to Colorado. If I need summer, I'll go to Key West. So mm -hmm. right? also made me understand why Americans never leave their own country because they don't have to, you can have any kind of weather you want. They've got it all. Um, and so what's your take on, uh, on what's happening? I think it's crazy. I mean, and I, and I, I don't like to use that word because we all have, you know, things that we deal with. And I, I don't like to use the term crazy, but in essentially watching it has made me just go like, where is the, like, wh where has the concept of reality gone? And where has the concept of freedom of choice gone? Where like, you know, it's okay if I choose one type of freedom of choice, if you understand what I'm, what I'm meaning by that, hmm. but it's not okay if I choose this type of freedom of choice when it comes to my own personal body. I don't understand hmm. how I haven't been able to reconcile the two, how like, it's okay, I should be marching for these rights, but I shouldn't be marching for these rights when it's my body and my choice. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, like that to me doesn't make any sense why it's, it's okay for me to make a choice when it sets people, you know, it makes people comfortable and, and they do believe that I should have autonomy over my reproductive rights, but I shouldn't have autonomy over whether or not I choose to put something in my body that I don't feel safe with, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that to me is completely crazy. And then also I'm living down here and I'm working full time. Everything's wide open. Um, they've even removed restrictions and mandates a long time ago, like to the point where they were, um, the governor made um, all of the venues that had um, requirements. Uh, he kiboshed all of that and was like, absolutely not. You can't ask people that information. Mm. So, and so I was like, hell yeah, you can ask people that information, you know? And then I'm seeing like a girlfriend of mine from back home. She lives in the Okanagan. She's my age, 38, and she's forced into early retirement because she isn't, she's making a choice for herself. It's not the one they demand. So she can't work. I'm like, who gets to give us the right to take away our privilege of providing for ourselves? At that point, I'm like, I'm just so, I, I it, it's made me so thankful to be in, not only in the US, but in the Southern US, because man, and I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your show, but I'm going to, you just don't fuck really? with people in the South. You just can't fuck with people in the South. They will go toe to toe with you. And it has made me gain so much respect, whether I agree with a, a lot of the way they choose to live their lives or what they vote for, all that is completely irrelevant. You just don't fuck with these people. They want their rights, they wanna keep them and they'll fight for them. And I think that that's really brave. And I think that, as Canadians, we've really lost that. We've just really like, we trust our government. Why? Not even lost it. We never had it to begin with. I think no. we're so, we're just spoiled. We've never had to really fight. Like it's been so long since we fought, like just traveling other countries, you know, somewhere like Croatia or some of these like Eastern European countries, especially have like a rich history of battles that, that their like grandparents 
like their actual grandpa, like only one generation, you know, had to fight in and, and lost people. And they have songs that celebrate, you know, freedom and it's in their art, it's in their culture, it's in their music. You understand why they carry these traditions, these dances, these songs, um, because yeah. yeah, you come to Canada and like, we don't have any of that. We no. just sort of like, we're, 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 we're spoiled, you know? Yeah. And mm. even like here, we have veterans that are my age, you know, who have mm. lost, we have people that are like, I work at a, a, a bar down here, I play and it's called uh, Redneck Riviera. And it's specifically for, it's like a veterans bar. And a lot of the people that come in are my age or younger. And we always do like, especially if we do the song Chicken Fried by Zach Brown, it's got like a whole point part in it where it's like a tribute to the veterans and stuff. And we literally stop and raise glasses. And it's like, everybody puts down, people take their hats off, they're cheering. And it's like, you know, three o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon in the middle of Nashville while people are out partying and they stop and they take their hats off and they pay tribute to the people who gave their lives for this country. And it's something that we don't understand and we don't have. Like my grandfather wasn't even a veteran, his father was. But like to, to be able to identify with people my age that have lost brothers and sisters, lost limbs, lost livelihoods, have gone overseas to fight for their country and then come back and had to deal with the PTSD and stuff. Like we have no idea in Canada, no idea. It's crazy. Oh yeah, wow. it's crazy. And it's just, it really changes your perspective when you live in a place like this where people are so, like one of my one of my closest friends was in the Navy and like he's a Navy vet and he's 42. And he was- I've never actually thought about that before. Yeah, he was a vet at like, like 25. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, you're such a, a puppy. Right? Such a kid. Soon as God, he I, I just realized, I just realized, I'm, I just realized how old I am. I mean, I feel old too, but at the same time, like you just. Because like, really we're young. I feel young. Like we're still okay. We're like 40-ish. We're like, come on, we're young. We've got all this energy. <laughs> we're fine. You think these people, yeah, went to war in their 19, 20, like early 20s. Yeah. Oh my God, to be our age and be like a vet and to yeah. still be, have experienced all that stuff of war. And we have no idea. We're so spoiled. Yeah. We don't even understand what that is. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So like things like that have really changed my perspective on, on the situation in Canada and how I feel about the country. I, I honestly don't feel like I belong there anymore. And I think that that's okay to outgrow certain things. And I feel like I love the fact that I was born there and I'm definitely like, will always, there's a part of me that will always be Canadian. I have like a little map of Canada in my bedroom on the wall, but you know, my family's Canadian. I will always be, there's a part of me that will always be Canadian. I claim to be Canadian here, but I think just like living here for and building my future here, it just suits me so much more um, than I thought it would, you know? Yeah. I feel like I'm inching that way every day. And it's like really sad. It's emotional yeah. to, to think that because isolating because you've lost like the way we were raised when you're kids, just the way that you picture what Canada is. Yeah. It's like this, you know, I don't know, maybe it was propaganda this whole time. I don't know. <laughs> but like I mean, it was a real loving, hardworking fun, neighborly, sort of peaceful, happy. I think we were at one point. I really do. Yeah. Because that's, those are my childhood memories as well, you know, and I think we're roughly the same age. And I remember, you know, my parents, both my parents working really hard. I remember getting a job when I was 13 and being super excited about it and being like a hardworking Canadian. And, you know, we had all these, we didn't have all the social media. We didn't even have the internet yet when I was a kid. And we didn't have like, you couldn't have your mom texting you at eight o'clock being like, why aren't you home for dinner? It was like, when the street lights go on, if you're not home on your bike, you're grounded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's like, and it was like, that was just 
you know, we got to go and enjoy the freedoms. I was running around the neighborhood with my, my little friends when I was a kid and it was safe to do so. But I think just things have just changed. And I don't know if they've, I don't know if I think they've changed for the better. I think some things maybe have, but where Canada's standing right now on certain issues, I definitely don't agree. And I'm happy to be where I am. Yeah. I, I bounce back and forth between like feeling angry that so many people mm-hmm. aren't awake and into yeah. it. Yep. And then, and like extreme empathy, like, oh, yeah. this poor person doesn't get it. They're working two jobs. They don't even have time to like research. The only time they have is to literally read a headline and, or, or a meme on Instagram or like, you know, mainstream news for a couple seconds, maybe, but yeah. just don't even have the time. So it's like empathy and anger. It's yeah. Like, and it depends on the day. It depends what kind of mood I'm in, whether I'm mad or whether I'm yeah. thinking with more of my heart, you know? I 100% understand. There's um, the next track that I have coming out. Um, there's a line in it and it's it, it's actually the whole song. It's, it's called Mistakes and it's about my situation with my friends and family and just dealing with how how my brain works and how I'm watching them and just kind of being like, what are you doing? Um, there's a one line in the song and it says, I just want to shake you awake. And it's like, it's literally like, that's how I feel with some of my family members and some of my friends are, I'm like, why are you not paying attention? Like, why are you, why do you think that I'm, why do I get labeled as a conspiracy theorist when literally all of the things that I have been telling you since the beginning have become, have been coming out. You just refuse to watch or listen or acknowledge. And like, I, I, I'm trying to help you, you know, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you see that you are in danger. I'm trying to help you see that you are giving up things you shouldn't be giving up and that you're at risk of losing more. And you guys, like, you're just, you're just like, oh, you know, cash, it's okay. You're just being dramatic. And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> you know, like I've been talking to my, listen, I'm going to get weird for a second. I talked to my parents about aliens for like the longest time. And they're like, aliens don't exist. I'm like, really? You really think we're the only live, like, sentient beings out of all of the planets and all of the galaxies. That's crazy to think that. And then of course, because we need distractions so that we don't like, you know, rush our government buildings during the the pandemic and the lockdowns, they release all the information about area 51. I'm like, I told you, I told you, but I was a crazy conspiracy theorist before it was released. I'm like, of course. How do you manage that with, you know, being an artist, building a music career where you're trying to be as mass mainstream as possible. That's gotta be a tough juggle, right? Like you don't want to be like the crazy person or do you give a taste of crazy or like, what do you, like, that's my position. I'm kind of like, well, I'm yeah. now the crazy person. They call me crazy on like CTV news for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm just going to find my, my, my tribe, which will be more niche. But how do you, in your position, I can't imagine when you're dealing with uh, you know, a music career where you're an artist. I mean, it's, it's tricky. I'm kind of to the point where I've said, fuck it, basically. <laughs> this is how I feel and this is what I stand for. And, you know, there's plenty of artists out there that do those things and say those things. I mean, you know, Toby Keith is one that's like a super patriotic. He's a well-known, super patriotic artist, Yellow Wolf, um, you know, and he kind of uh, appeals to more like the, he's like got that Slamerican. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. It's like more of the, like the guys that are covered in tattoos and like, you know, are a little bit more, edgy, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like there's, I think everybody has their niche and I'm kind of finding mine. I'm really Mm. spiritual. I'm pretty in tune with my intuition. You know, I talk about things on stage sometimes, like I don't believe in cancel culture, you know, 
stuff like that. And I said that over the microphone once and some guy just stood up and started clapping. He was like a guy my dad's age. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, like just super surprised that he was like stoked because like, when, when did we get to the point where people weren't allowed to make mistakes anymore? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So just like, I just dump, I dump that kind of stuff out. And I think that people are either for it or they're not, but they, but they like my voice anyways. So it seems to be okay. As long as I don't like jump headfirst into the pool, I just kind of dip my toe in and say what I, I'm pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, politically correct about it. If that makes sense. I think for me with writing and I mean, I play downtown on Broadway and I sing a bunch of covers and we, we tend to do the stuff that we really enjoy anyway. So I do a lot of like Fleetwood Mac and Stapleton and, you know, I don't really, I don't really resonate with a lot of the new country. So we don't really sing a lot of that stuff. I don't dislike it. This doesn't really sit with me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't move me in any way, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's great. And it's fun to listen to while you're driving around. But like, as far as like music that makes you feel something, I feel like music is kind of lacking that at this point in the game. And so I'm kind of like, I'm not even putting myself in the bubble of being a country artist anymore. I'm just doing the music that feels good and writing about stuff that I feel is important. Um, And that's kind of how this new one came about, Save Me or Save Myself. And it's like, it's, that's literally what I was going through while I was still up in Canada, trying to figure out um, and navigate my way through getting like back here because I knew that I was I was going through like some severe depression and stuff up there and just feeling crazy and just knew that I needed to get back here so that I could get back to work and have some semblance of normalcy in my life and Mm -hmm. um and then you know I ended up in a in a very short-term relationship that I fell really quickly into and um it kind of sent me over the edge as far as like I put all of my hopes and dreams and happiness into this one Mm -hmm. little relationship and so then when we wrote Save Me um, or Save Myself, sorry, it used to be called Save Me and we changed the name to Save Myself, but um, it's, it was more about learning to become my own hero. And that's kind of what I think I've had to do with even just losing friendships and relationships with what I've gone through in the where, in where I stand in, in life and stuff too, right? And, mm-hmm. and being the crazy one. So I could be my own hero. That's yeah. Okay. Oh man, yeah. we've all done one of those short-term fall in quick. Yep. No, get your turn. it's the worst, are, right? <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> yes, they're the, like the hardest lessons to learn. They really are. We feel so- like an idiot afterwards. It's like, oh my god, I gave too much of myself there. What was I thinking? Yep. Yeah, and I was uh, just—that's exactly what happened. Just, I'm just yeah. like, I'm all in. This is gonna how, how life is gonna be, and then boom, it was over as quick as it started. And I was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta really sort myself out now. Yeah, so, and I really hope I don't ever bump into that person again. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh too, too much. We won't ask anything more about that, but yeah. So why the name of the, the, the chick? Cause I was going to say, when you sent me the, the song, yeah. it was called save me. The file was called save yeah. me. So yeah. what was it that uh, made you change the name from save me to save myself? Because it's more about, I mean, the actual chorus line is save myself this time. I'll save myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more, I felt like save me was like, I was still looking for a savior, you know, like somebody, mm-hmm. somebody save me. And this, saving it or changing it to myself was more like, I will do the work. I will commit. I will go into the dark places. I'll get ugly. I'll do the, you know, mascara cry if that's what it requires. And I will get to the point where I feel comfortable in my skin by myself, sure of who I am. And I will stand on my own two feet. I will be my own damn hero, you know, Mm. because nobody else is going to be my hero. That's everybody has to be their own hero. Everybody has to save them themselves. Like I can't, 
you know, I mean, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. If people don't want to change, they're not going to, and they have to do it on their own time and they're in their own process. And, you know, I think it's just like, I had to figure out, I had to go through that shitty hard relationship that was a flash in the pan because it taught me, it taught me that I could save myself and that I didn't need somebody else to mm. be my happiness. Does that make sense? Mm, totally. Doubly is hard when like you are losing friends and like family's not vibing with you and everyone kind of thinks you're a little bit, mm -hmm, something's up with the cash. Yeah. Um, and then so, boom, a heartbreak on top of that. Boom. Yeah. Right. So how do you, what, what was your strategy or, or what can you share that would help someone else who's kind of going through that where you feel like you're the outcast and you're isolated and you're just feeling like, cause especially when it's family and friends, especially it's like, oh my God, people that you've known yeah. for a long time are certainly looking at you like a little odd. I just went yeah. through that too, where I have a couple friends of mine that, you know, the tech stopped coming in because well, you yeah. don't believe the government or, you know, that kind of stuff. It, yeah. What, what helped you get through that weird time? I got to say, like, even if my, even though my family does not agree with the things that I believe and think, they're still hundred percent there for me. Like me and my sister have had a conversation where like, we, we've just completely agreed to disagree and we, we're still best friends. Like, so I would have to say that even though my family, I do feel like an alien in my family sometimes, they still are there. Like when I was going through that really bad depression, and I mean, it was like bad. Like I was, I was going to see, like I went and saw a psychiatrist and all kinds of stuff. Cause I was like the lowest I've ever been. And my older sister who we are worlds apart as far as like our personal beliefs. She was checking on me every day, you know, like I lived just down the street from her and she was knocking on my door, making sure I was all right every day, getting up to shower. Cause that was hard at that point, you know? So I had, I have those people in my life that do love me regardless of the fact that they don't believe what I believe. And I think that that's a really, really beautiful thing to see. Um, but also I had to just kind of put one foot in front of the other and you know, sometimes just setting little goals like showering for the day was okay. And that was it, you know? And then it got to the point where it's like, okay, now we're going to work on these things, setting little goals. Now we're going to work on these things and trying to accomplish those. And it was really at the end of the day is about um, finding things that made me feel good. Even if that was popping to Starbucks to get a coffee and back, you know, going for a little walk, putting myself down by the water. Um, now that I'm here, it's like, you know, I do my morning meditations and I sit and chat with my, I have two pets and I sit and talk to them all the time, which is also, I'm sure people think I'm crazy because of that, but um, <laughs> no, they talk no. right back. So that's the least crazy uh, thing you've said. <laughs> I'm that crazy cat lady, but it's okay. Um, you know, I do a lot of that stuff. I, I spent a lot of time in therapy, which really, I found really, really helpful um, to find somebody that had a non and i think honestly anybody should go to therapy because it's like for me in my mind it's regular maintenance as far as your brain goes you're not going to drive your car without getting the oil changed all the time right like that's just something you know you need to do in order to keep your vehicle running properly i feel like therapy is the regular oil change for our brains you know what i mean like being able to get some of that stuff out and have a conversation with somebody who's educated enough to to talk to you about it it's different than dumping on your friends you know like they have a non-biased opinion. They can give you, you know, educated answers, put you in the direction of books and audiobooks or podcasts or things that are going to assist you. And I'm like a huge advocate for therapy for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I still go, I, I go a couple times a month. Um, and then, yeah, just like making sure that I'm doing things for me, checking in with myself, 
I set aside my mornings so that they're just nice and slow. I'm a bit of a dragon in the morning, a very slow moving dragon. So I have to have, I have coffee and just chill. And then, you know, finding the things that bring me joy, making sure I do at least those things a day. 100% agree with that therapy thing. Yeah. Like God, when, you, when you talk to someone like that, man, what a difference it makes. It really does. What it a just, difference. It also just, my therapist also just made me see things from a very different perspective as well. Just because like <clears throat> surrounding things like, obviously I'm a female in the industry, body issues are going to come up, right? And that's a constant, that's been a constant thing for me. And so we were talking about those and kind of um, unpacking where some of that came from understanding that some of it's from like childhood, not just my childhood, but my mother's mother's childhood, because that stuff comes, it all comes trickling down. Mm. Um, and then also like sitting and having conversations with things that I don't like about my body and, and thanking it for being useful and working and doing its job. And instead of looking at it and being like, I hate my thighs or I hate my underarms or I hate whatever body part, you know, having conversations with yourself and being gentle. And, um, you know, she just, she just really kind of helped me look at things from a different perspective surrounding that, but also a ton of other, um, uh, subjects as well too. So mm. I absolutely, absolutely advocate for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like with the body thing too, that's gotta be tough, especially when you're in the entertainment industry. I'm in the country, well, the country world. I'm brunette. I'm 40, and I'm not. I'm not tiny. So, right. That's so you a whole think are you supposed to be young, blonde, and and a stick tiny? bug, a stick bug, a really, really tall, slender Barbie style stick bug. Taylor oh, Taylor Swift when she was unhealthily skinny. That's what we're all supposed to look like. Oh God, that's too bad. I always thought the country was a little more. You know, it's, getting, it's changing. It's getting a lot more inclusive. Um, People are just kind of coming as they are now, you know? Yeah, good. And, awesome. Yeah, country's definitely. I love that you're sharing that with your audience too. Like I saw that um, it's on your Instagram and, and you did that motivational message saying like, hey guys, like it doesn't matter how old you are, like just chase your dreams. I love that yeah. you're, you're sharing that yeah. attitude with people to follow you. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I've, there's been so many times from people, different Record, none here, but record labels and executive people and producers and stuff back home in Canada that have been like, you know, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 40. They're like, okay, so you're 26. I'm like, no, I'm 40. And they're like, yeah, but you look like 28. So we'll just say you're 26. I'm like, no, I'm 40. Period. Why, why is it okay for, you know, somebody who identifies as a man to be for to be 40 and coming out with music, but it's not okay for a woman. I'm here to like, I always, always tell my co-writer, I'm like, I'm here to fuck shit up. And that's exactly what I plan on doing. Like I'm 40, I'm Burnett. I'm here to tell people my story and, and be authentic. And if you don't like it, that's okay. That's okay. I don't get what, what is the thought process there? Like people I mean, aren't going to like you cause you're 40. Like when's the last time I'm trying to think the last time I discovered a new artist and was like, Oh wow, this song is good. Wait a second. I better Google. I better see how old here. they are. Oh, they're, they're not, they're not over 30. I can't listen. I know it's asinine, right? Like, oh, what is up with that? That's insane. One of my favorite writers in town here, her name is Natalie Hemby. One of the first years I lived here, I went and watched her show. And the reason that I've continued is because of artists like her. She put out her very first solo record at 40. And I was at her like celebration, her big like CD release party. And I was like, man, this woman is like well-known in this town, has never put out a record and is doing it while she's like, as soon as she's, she's just turned 40 and she's doing it. Like I can do it too then. 
it's yeah. really cool when you see people do that, you know, like it's just like defying that quote unquote boundary that we're supposed to live, live in as, as female artists. I'm just like, these boundaries are so weird. I mean, when you really think about it, like, and sometimes when we know it all happens, but when I hear it straight from you, like that, it's still alive today. I go, Oh my God, that's not even a thing anymore. Like that seems like, uh, with, with even the, the left really pushing this, like, you know, be whatever you want to be identify as whatever you want to be. Yeah. And then yet you can't just be, say that you're 40. <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's crazy. It's complete insanity. It just doesn't make any sense, but yeah, it oh is my. what it is, I suppose. Oh my God. Okay. So what's next for you? Got new music coming out, uh, trying to not be too sad for us Canadians who are trapped <laughs> just just come to Nashville. Yeah, so far away. Right? Just, come, just come to Nashville. You can, I mean, this is honestly, have you ever been? No, I've always wanted to though. I've heard Nashville's amazing. You're never going to leave. It's like the yeah. city of creatives. You'll never leave. So I highly, I highly encourage you to come because there's a, uh, there's lots and lots of space and it's a really cool town. When is the entire album dropping or what's the plan for fans of yours that are like hungry for new music? Yeah. Well, the single is coming out May 27th and it's um it's called save myself and it's about owning my own shit and understanding that you know like we talked about i am responsible for my choices and mm. my triggers and not putting that shit on somebody else so that'll be the first one the second one will probably be in july end of july beginning of august third one will be in september and then hopefully next year that'll give me some legs to stand on for touring and whatnot so oh, awesome yeah yeah. And taking responsibility for your own shit. That's the, that's the, that's the toughest thing, right? It's so exactly. easy just to point the finger at the it's government. Hard. It's hard to look at yourself and be like, I really fucked that up. How can I change? How can I be better? You know, Yeah. because most people don't want to say the wrong. That's why we yell and scream at each other when we're fighting and we're arguing and is because like that vulnerability and that embarrassment that comes with being wrong or the fear of being canceled, you know, like mm. it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to like, that's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we become better people is we fuck up. You fall down, you scrape your knees, you learn how to walk again. The, the thing, the one thing that I, that I said is like, when I was talking to that dude about the cancel culture or the, the room that I was playing in about the cancel culture thing, I was like, nobody ever makes fun of a baby when they fall down while they're trying to learn to walk, right? Nobody ever is like, oh, you didn't do it on the first try, canceled. Like that's absolute craziness. But the, the thing is like, we're learning to walk in multiple different ways at multiple different times throughout our entire life. Mm. And the second we trip and stumble on something or someone or some place, that's it. Like, and it doesn't, how, how are you, how are you supposed to grow then? Yeah. You know? Like we're all doing the best we can with the information that we have. Yeah. One person's getting information from here. One information there. You do something wrong. You're done. <laughs> A weird time. I know. And I gotta uh, say, dude, props to you. I heard, um, I was, I was on Dalen's, um, Instagram and I watched, it was like a video of somebody's dashboard and you were talking on it. And I was like, that can't be real. That can't be real. And so I went and I scrolled through and I found a few more and I was like, Oh my God, he actually said it. He said, well, we've all been thinking. And he said it out loud. I was like, is he prepared to lose his job? Like, does he know he's going to lose his job? Like I was kind of stressed out for you. And then as soon as like, I saw all of this stuff, just boom. And I was like, now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. Like how sometimes you got to take those leaps and let your net form on the way down. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm so proud of you. And so like, how brave of you? Well, thank you. But it's, yeah. it's amazing that you, you do find your tribe. 
Yeah. You know? And I'm still absolutely. finding them, but it's like all these people that were like, Oh my God, it, it takes you out of isolation. Yeah. And suddenly you just speak your truth as scary as it, as it is. And then people, yeah, the people to show up for you. So it's, yeah. and now it's you can great. speak your truth freely for the rest of your life. You know, yes. like you never, awesome? to, you never have to have that. Like, what are they going to think of me ever again? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more outside of this box, you know, jump yeah. in the water's warm. Oh, Cash, you're awesome. <laughs> like you're <it>. awesome. <laughs> I love that you're just there to fuck shit up and be 40. Exactly. <laughs> be 40, girl. You be know, 40. Like, how bold of me that I'm 40. <laughs> how dare so, you? That should be my yeah. merch on my t-shirt. Be 40. Be 40. <laughs> Chill. Be 40. <laughs> okay. Cash coffer. Mm-hmm. You're the best. We yeah. love you. Thank, Thank you for you. kicking ass. Thanks for representing. Yeah. And um, we'll keep in touch, I hope. Down in Nashville. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. I'll sneak over somehow. Yes, make sure you do. And make sure you look me up when you uh, awesome. when you get down here. Sounds good. Right on. Okay. Thanks, Cash. We'll talk, talk to you next to you. time. All right. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>